Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody. So glad to have you joining me today on Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, where we spotlight people who have transformed their lives and are now working to transform the lives of other people. Really, really excited about today's guest. Um, and here's why. Uh, a lot of times I have guests on the show. I've heard them. I've met them somewhere. I feel inspired to have them on the show. Uh, this next guest, I was actually at an event, heard her speak, uh, was moved to tears. She she really touched me. The things that she had to say um, hit me on such a deep personal level. And uh, I wanted to bring her on the show to share her with you. And so she could share her message with you. This lady has so many accomplishments. And Siri, you know that I, I and, and for all of you who've listened to my show, you know that I don't like reading bios. I don't like, uh, you know, having having that formal thing. What I love to do, though, is give my guests an opportunity to brag about themselves. And, you know, Siri, if you don't do a good enough job, I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to help you brag a little bit about yourself. But I would love for you just to share some of your accomplishments with our audience, uh, some of the things that you've been able to accomplish in your lifetime. Well, thank you, Allison. And it's it's my great joy to be on the show today. And you're actually slapping me with a big challenge because I'm not good at talking about myself. <laughs> um, I'm not good about, uh, you know, talking about my accomplishments. But what I can say is that I am someone who, in the early part of my life, the first 20 years of my life, I had just real problems with anxiety and fear and self-doubt and uh, had a real struggle living inside my own skin. And I think what I'm most proud of today is finding a strength within myself, um, having hope, knowing that there was more, more to me and more to my life. And going after my dreams and achieving things that seemed impossible, but um, I was able to achieve them. So I'm proud of the person that I've become. And it kind of took um, doing everything I could to earn a love and appreciation for myself. And um, I wish I had that earlier on in my life, but now I'm able to go around the world and share my story and help others really uh, be encouraged to find the angel inside themselves, um, tap into the beauty, the power, the amazingness that is inside all of us. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that's what I'm most proud of. I, I think that that's a definitely worthy of bragging about. I want to mention some of your other accomplishments, too, uh, just so that people understand your journey. And here's why I think this is really important, Siri, and this really hit me when you were speaking uh, at the event that I heard you speak at in Beverly Hills. And and that is this, is that sometimes people only look at the outside accomplishments and they see some of the things that we've done or accomplished in our lives and they think, oh, man, that person has it all put together or uh, that person must have just been born with the, the, with the right kind of gifts or they must not have struggles in their lives. And I think it's really important to understand that all of us go through this journey and really the goal, the destination where we all want to get is that place where we feel uh, like we're fulfilled, like we're fulfilling our purpose and also that we love and accept ourselves. So some of the things that you've been able to accomplish, you are actually a, a world champion athlete. Could you, could you tell uh, the viewers a little bit about that? 
Sure. Um, well, in throughout college, throughout high school, I was a field hockey, ice hockey, and lacrosse player. Um, but then I came across the sport of triathlon, and I went and watched a race, and I fell in love with it at first sight because it just, you know, people of all ages and sizes and ability levels, and they were out there pushing themselves beyond what they thought they were capable of. And I was like, my God, this is amazing. What a great vehicle to to find myself and what I'm made of. And the only problem was I'm 23 years old and I didn't even know how to swim. So I (laughs) fell in love with this sport. I decided (laughs) I wanted to be the best in the world yeah. in this sport, but I didn't even know how to swim. So that, that's, um, that's, a, that's it, a kind of a problem with when you're uh, trying to be a triathlete, <laughs> which, by the way, I do have to mention, too, that just that you mentioning lacrosse, you automatically now are in, you actually moved up in my level of favor because I'm a huge <laughs> lacrosse lover of a couple of kids that play lacrosse. And I'm telling you, if I had known about lacrosse when I was in uh, high school and college, I'm sure I would have played, but uh, really, really thankful uh, that, that, you, uh, that you played lacrosse. And you shared that with me because uh, now now I have something else in common with you. Okay, so you you are looking at being a triathlete. You're looking at this um, this possibility of doing like your first triathlon, and you're like, oh, one problem, I actually don't swim. So <laughs> what did right. you do? And so back to the lacrosse thing. Like that was my sport. Like I love oh. that sport, and I actually tried out for the USA national team, yeah. and I made it to the final cut. And then I got cut. And instead of trying again, I just quit. And that took its toll on me. You know, you don't forget the times when you give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. That's hard to swallow. And so when triathlon came along and I loved it as much as I had loved lacrosse, um, there was nothing that was going to stop me from achieving this impossible goal that I set for myself. Mm And um, I knew... I believe that with any great goal, any big dream that you have, if there's a strong enough reason why it matters to you, why you have to make this happen, then nothing will stop you. No matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you are disappointed, if you have a strong enough reason why, um, you're going to keep, you're going to keep pursuing it. And um, my mantra became I'm either winning or I'm learning because I knew that when I mm-hmm. fell short, you know, I would learn a different way. I would, I would change my approach. I would do things differently. Um, but nothing was going to stop me. And I used to say to myself, I don't care if I'm 90 years old, I'm going to make this dream come true. And I think all of us truly have the ability to achieve these dreams that we mm-hmm. think are impossible but it's, are you willing, do you have a strong enough reason why that matters enough to you that no matter how many times you fall, you're going to get back up again and keep trying and keep going for more? Well, what um, was your, that's the key. Yeah, what was your why with the, I mean, obviously you, you'd had this experience with the cross. You felt like you gave up on yourself. You could have gone further. But what was your why with the, with the triathlon? I mean, what, what was that driving factor for you that said, okay, I want to do this. I don't even know how to swim. What was your, what was your why driving you to do that? So my why, it was a powerful one. You know, I had, um, at 20 years old, I, I discovered and realized that I was gay and that was a traumatic realization, but it was at a time where I didn't know who I was and I'm finding things out about myself and it's like, okay, I just need to embrace any truth that I stumble upon right now because I just needed to know who I was. 
And I got a phone call from my father one day, and he was bawling on the other end of the phone, crying, sobbing, like he Mm -hmm. couldn't even talk. And I'm thinking, my God, are you dying? Are you sick? Like, what's wrong? Tell me. And he said, somebody told me that you're gay. I couldn't possibly have a daughter that's gay. Promise Mm -hmm. me it's not true. And in that moment, I, I said, Dad, like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm gay, but please just love me anyway. I'm a good daughter. And he hung up the phone, and I didn't hear from him for the next two years. And after that, maybe if I was lucky, he'd call me on Christmas. Wow. And in that moment, you know, for any of us that have had an experience like this, it made me feel like everything that I had accomplished up until that point in time meant absolutely nothing now that I was gay. It meant nothing. So I was left there thinking, I am nothing. And I was so desperate to prove to myself, most importantly, that as a gay woman, that I could achieve something that I thought was special, that I could take something on that seemed impossible, but have the courage to do it anyway, you know, that I could inspire people, that I could make a difference in the world, and that most importantly, that I could be loved, not just by others, but by myself. And triathlon is a sport where you truly, you know, you, it is you versus you. Mm -hmm. And it had It was absolutely going to be the vehicle through which I got to test myself and find out what I'm made of. And it was an impossible dream. And I had the courage to take it on. And it's exactly what I needed to um, find that love and appreciation for myself that would give me hope for my future. Um, Because his rejection, mm -hmm. so his rejection was was actually a a great gift. You know, it, it gave birth to my drive and my determination and my um, intense desire to want to achieve this. So, so I have a question for you, and and I want to dive deeper into this. But first of all, I want to get to the fact that you actually were able to achieve this. And so, tell me, tell me what you were able to accomplish through the triathlon. And then I want to go back a little bit to what you were talking about because I have some questions. And when I heard you speak, I had these same questions come up. So I'm just dying to ask these questions for you. But first of all, let's get to the end of the story. What happened with the triathlon? I mean, you trained, and and what was the result? So I I was working about 60 hours a week in the beginning, but I just immersed myself in the sport. Like yeah. I got a coach and I read everything I could read about the sport. I met people. I asked questions. I trained my butt off. I, you know, you, I had to learn everything. I had to learn how to swim, most importantly, had to learn how to bike and, and how to run over distance, not just sprinting after a ball. Um, I moved out to Boulder, Colorado because I heard it was the mecca of the sport and I wanted to be in a place where I was surrounded by other people as passionate as me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I knew that, you know, with any, any great thing you want to accomplish, you know, find somebody else that has already accomplished what you dream of accomplishing and model them. So I, all the best athletes in the world were coming from Australia. So I moved out to Australia. Mm-hmm. I, you know, went to the pool where all the great athletes were training. Yeah. I befriended the best athlete in the world and just started doing everything that she did. I was modeling her and that kind of took me to all new levels where I eventually turned pro. This is about five years in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
started racing really well, got another coach. And then I heard that the best coach in the world that had coached like multiple world champions and Olympic medalists, he was this guy named Brett Sutton. And he was this scary kind of figure of mysterious. He trained out of Switzerland. And I thought, I need to get this guy to coach me. You know, proximity is power. Surround mm-hmm. yourself with the best and it's going to push you to all new levels. And um, I got in front of him and begged him to coach me and he took me on. And that's when things really um, shifted for me because it was the most intense, um, terrifying training I'd ever done in my life. And I thought I was, I thought I was training as hard as anyone possibly could, but I moved out to Switzerland and was training under this guy. And it was like seven to eight hours a day of an intensity that was inhumane. I mean, I felt, I called home after the first day to my mom and I said, I was crying on the phone. I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to survive this. Like, it's like, he doesn't even care, you know, about our bodies falling apart. He's just going to push us. The Mm -hmm. first day we swam like 8,000 meters and biked you know, up this mountain that was like a, a wall that took about two hours, barely moving. And then he drove us back down to the bottom of the hill that's like 20 miles from where we were all staying and wow. pushed us out of the car and said, I'll see you at home. And we had to run up the hill 20 miles. And this was like day after day after day. And mm. I, I'd wake up in the morning and I could barely move my legs, move my arms. And I'll never forget one day I, I got in front of him and I said, hey, Brett, like, I, I can't do what you're asking me to do today. Like, I can barely bend my legs. And he looked at me and he said, find a way. Yeah. And he said, if you can't do it, go home, get on the next flight home. So all I could do was do my best and find a way. And what was so brilliant, Allison, is that every single day he was giving me something that seemed impossible and he gave me no out except to at least try and do my best which I did and every single day I was proving to myself that the impossible was actually possible wow. and it was brilliant and because seriously you know how can we ever know what we're capable of if we're not trying to do things that we don't think we can Every single day. Well, and, and I want to, I want to, I want to touch on this point just a little bit here, um, because I think this is really important. And this came up for me earlier in the show. It came up for me when I first listened to you. I think there's a very distinct difference between proving yourself to yourself and proving yourself to other people. I think there's a very distinct difference between feeling like you have to prove that you're worthy to the world or to your dad who didn't accept the fact that that you were gay or to, you know, all these people that didn't believe you and and proving yourself to yourself to prove to yourself, I can do things. I'm stronger than I think. So with that being such a fine line, what would you tell people? Because I know I found times in my life where I felt rejected by the people I've loved, where I felt rejected by my family, where I felt like, um, you know, no matter what I did, it wasn't good enough. And I found myself getting stuck in the cycle of trying to accomplish bigger and bigger things so that they would approve of me. So 
What would you say to somebody who finds themselves doing that? What's the difference or how do you differentiate between proving something to somebody else to try and earn love or feel like you're worthy of their love and approval and doing something to uh, prove to yourself that you can do hard things? Well, first of all, I'm so happy you brought that up because it's so important. And I think for me, you know, day after day training with Brett, I was building up this honest confidence and I call it honest confidence is the confidence that you feel inside legitimately because you have proof every single day. You're afraid you're doing it anyway. That's courage. You're doing the work. You're doing your best. And that's something to be proud of. And whether or not I was doing a great job or not, I knew inside that I was doing something that scared me every single day and I was succeeding And that was allowing me to truly respect and honor myself, which Mm -hmm. made me worry a little bit less about what other people thought about me because it felt so good to have that respect for myself. So you were showing showing up for you. And I love I love that. And I think that's the difference. And and this is what I think that I've noticed between people who are truly successful and people who tend to, you know, flutter from one thing to the next and try and find approval. And and that is that they're showing up for themselves day after day. They're getting out of bed to prove to themselves that they can do it. And uh, and like you said, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. Well, Siri, I'm loving to hear hearing about your training. I had no idea how extensive the training was that you went through. And I think a lot of people, when they see professional athletes or they see somebody that's achieved something, they just think, well, this person must just be born with good genes. They must, you know, they probably probably work, you know, kind of hard, but you look at, you were born with an athletic body or you were born with this drive or you were born with it. I love hearing about your hard work ethic. When we come back, I would love to talk more about uh, what that training led to, maybe some of the things you learned in training. And I want to bring up another point too, and that is surrounding yourself with the best people. If you're going to invest your time into doing something, you know, how, how do you decide who to work with? And I want to bring that up a little bit too. When we come back more with Siri Lindy, you're listening to Spotlight. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women, and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer celebrity friends and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. Joining us today is Siri Lindy. If you're just joining us, Siri is a world-class triathlete. She is a world-renowned speaker. Uh, Her show that she did, she actually did an interview on Tony Robbins' podcast a while ago, one of the most or or the most viewed interviews ever that Tony Robbins has had. She, She, of course, appears regularly and speaks on his stages and stages all over the world. But more importantly than any of that, she is a fearlessly authentic woman who has learned how to embrace who she is. And I can tell you from personal experience, um, having been in her presence and hearing her story, she is truly uplifting. She's living her purpose. She's fulfilling that and she's changing the world around her. So, so excited and very privileged to have you joining us today, uh, Siri, on the show. And I want to pick up where we left off because we were on this journey. We talked about how you had uh, been an athlete in high school and college, had played lacrosse, had tried out for uh, the U.S. team, but had... uh, had not made it and you felt like you'd given up on yourself and then you came across a sport of 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 a triathlon and it was right around the time uh, when you discovered that you were gay and got a phone call from your father who was very upset about that and uh, you felt like this might be a way that you could prove to yourself that you could do something hard so of course you picked some of the best people in the world to work with and you're in Switzerland now training barely able to move your legs your trainer's telling you Series suck it up or you're going home. So so pick up where we left off on that journey. You're in Switzerland. Yeah, and I think so often we think no matter what, what it is, whether it's a sport or your job, and you think you're doing everything, you couldn't possibly be doing more, and so you should be getting where you want to go. And this was one of those moments where before I went to Switzerland, I thought that I couldn't train any harder than I was. But what I realized was that I was going to train 10 times harder than I ever had before um, at levels I couldn't have even imagined, you know, pain levels that I could have never imagined. Um, And it really makes you aware of the capabilities of the human body and the human spirit. Um, And getting out of your comfort zone, that was the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. I knew that 
I needed to take things on that seemed impossible every single day to truly discover what I was made of. And he brought that out of me. I love that. It was <laughs> you, it was you, unbelievable. Well, okay, and let's bring this. Let's let's bring this though to to everybody because not everybody's training to be a world class athlete. But I love this idea of you're pushing your comfort zone every single day. So, how how do you? What would you say to somebody to push their comfort zone that's not in training for this? Uh, you know, uh, to be be a world class champion. What what would you say to somebody? You have to get uncomfortable. You, mm-hmm. you have to get uncomfortable, period. And it's not even pushing my comfort zone. Like, it was living out of my comfort zone, really. Wow. And if you think about it, like, everything spectacular that we all have access to comes when you step out of that place where you feel safe. Um, we can all stay safe and play things safe, and we can have great lives. But if you want to create the extraordinary life that you dream of, you have to step out of that comfort zone. Be afraid and do it anyway, because that's all that is, is courage. We all have courage. It's, it's being willing to go there. And for me, it started, you know, when I took on the sport, I said to myself, I'm going to do something every single day that scares me. So for all of us, whether you're an athlete or not, do something every day that scares you. Maybe that means that you are someone that's super shy and you go out into the world and you just kind of mind your own business and do your own thing. And to think about saying hello to a stranger is terrifying for you. Well, that means like today, go to the grocery store, look at someone that seems nice and say, hello, how's your day going? Do something that scares you every day and that is going to take you you know, each day you'll do something more and more scary that um, takes you to all new levels in your life. Because mm-hmm. um, I've learned you've got to basically live out of your comfort zone because that's where the extraordinary things are. And when we're afraid, because it's scary, it's scary to get uncomfortable. But my viewpoint is that when you're afraid, that's the universe saying, take me on. I will deliver yes. you to your promised land. I will deliver you to everything great in your life. Fear is good. It means that it matters. Um, and it's enticing you to kind of, you know, back yourself, take a chance on you and and give it a try. Well, and you know what? Um, I've, and that risk will always pay off. It will. And you know what I've learned is if I if there's something that seems scary to me, that's uh, then I know I need to do it. I was recently actually yeah. uh, at an event. Uh, I mean, this is going to seem so silly. I've spoken on stages in front of thousands of people before, you know, with uh, A-list celebrities. And I, I mean, this is going to seem really silly. But one of my fears is I don't like feeling out of control. I don't like feeling like people mm-hmm. are controlling me and I was at an event and they were doing a hypnosis show and they were asking for volunteers and my friend said you should volunteer and I said hell no <laughs> just I do not want to go up on stage in front of a bunch of people and be controlled by somebody else that's like that's like a deep rooted fear of mine and the second I said hell no I'm like I got to do this. <laughs> I got to yes. uh, volunteer for this uh, for the show and go up there and do it. And I knew that if I was able to push that comfort zone and get over that fear and be able to embrace that, that 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 the next thing that came my way that seemed uncomfortable or fearful was just going to be a little thing. You know, another thing too. And this is going to seem again like maybe it's just a little thing. And there's huge things that I feel like um, you know people would be more uncomfortable with. Uh, but it just all depends 
depends on what we're uncomfortable with was at that Tony Robbins event that we were both at, um, I did the fire walk. And, and to me, that was, again, that was kind of one of those moments where like, this is pushing my comfort zone a little bit, but I understand why he does this now. Because you stand there and you're, you're looking at these coals and you've got this mindset thing going and you're going to walk across these coals that are 1200 degrees. You, you, you know, there's a little bit of, of uncomfortability walking into that moment. But once you walk across those coals and you get to the other end, you did it. And there's this sense Absolutely. of confidence and the sense of accomplishment that comes and the sense of like, if I can do that, then I can do anything. You know, if I can do that, then I can push my comfort zone here. So love that you're bringing that up, that you push your comfort zone every day. What did you do, Siri, when you were in those moments? I mean, you're working towards this goal. You want to be the best in the world, the best triathlete in the world. That's not a small accomplishment. That's not a small goal. So two questions with that. First of all, how did you even think that you could do that? Because a lot of people would think, well, I want to be the best at this in the world, but there's no way I ever can be. What was that um, that gave you that delusional amount of confidence to think that you could actually be the best in the world at something? That is such a great question. And I have to be honest and say, I didn't necessarily believe that I could. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people say you have to believe in order to achieve, but like I didn't really believe that I could become the best in the world, but I did believe that I would do whatever it took to get as close to making that happen as I could. And that belief is what ultimately led to the day. And I'll tell you a little bit about this because, you know, Tony often says, change your story, change your life. Yeah. And there's such a powerful truth to that because I arrive at the World Championships in 2001, and up until that point in time, my story was that if I had a bad swim, if I was like three minutes behind the front pack of athletes, my race was pretty much over Mm -hmm. because I wasn't a great swimmer, and I had to have a good swim in order to win races. So on this day, I came out of the water near dead last, but I had been doing this intense training with Brett in Switzerland. And I thought, my God, I've worked so hard for so many months. Like I can't just give up right now. Mm-hmm. So instead of my story being, you know, bad swim race is over, I decided to change the meaning of that bad swim to an opportunity. I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going to ride harder than I've ever ridden in my life and just see how close I can get to the front. So the meaning of that bad swim went from races over to it's an opportunity to see how close I can get to the front. So I got on the bike. I rode harder than I'd ever ridden before. That different meaning gave me a different feeling about what I was doing. I was no longer like, oh, I'm having a terrible race. It was like, oh, my God, let's see what I can do. And I caught the fourth pack, and then I caught the third pack, and the second pack, and by the last lap of the bike, I caught the front pack. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm at the front of the race. Like, this is, you know, it changed everything for me. And I got off on the run and ran my heart out, and I had the number one athlete in the world that I had modeled in Australia for a year I'm racing side by side with her and and I ended up winning the world championships by two minutes. It was the greatest moment of my life. But yeah. had I not changed my story on that day, mm. had I decided that I'm 
near last out of the water, my race is over and just went through the motions. I would not be sitting here talking to you today. I wouldn't be a world champion. I wouldn't be speaking around the world like that decision changed my entire life. And, you know, when you think about change, a story change your life, it's like, think about two, um, two siblings that have the same exact upbringing. And maybe it was a tough, you know, family life and there were a lot of struggles and one of the siblings becomes a drug addict and the other becomes a successful athlete or champion athlete. Um, you know, it's because each one gave a different meaning to their childhood. One of them decided this ruined me, you know, they ruined my life. And the other one says, this made me so strong. I am going to, you know, use this to become everything I dream of becoming. It's whatever story, does your story empower you or does your story disempower you? And if you think about it and take time today to think about the story that you live, if it's not empowering you, you can change it like right now. Change your story and change your entire life. It's so powerful, and we all have the ability to do it. Well, I, I and I love what you're saying, and I think you're right. Decisions determine destiny. Uh, what are you deciding about yourself right now? Have you decided that you've failed at something? Are you deciding that you're stuck in a place in your life and you're just going to have to live there forever and, and kind of in this mediocrity? Or, or are you deciding that you're going to keep going on that race? You're going to push harder. Maybe you have those failures or your setbacks. And I love what you say about changing your story. But Siri, I, I mean, I've, I, I love the sound of that. But how do you do that? What are the keys? What are the first steps? I, I run into so many people and they're so stuck in their stories. And it's been a story that's so deep rooted that they've told themselves for so long. And it's so easy to say, well, just change your story. What's the first mm-hmm. step to do that? How do you how do you decide well, it? Well, first, let me say, it's not as hard as it sounds. We make it so much harder. Change what you focus on. Let's use my father for an example. His rejection could have destroyed my life. He rejected me, telling me because I'm gay, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. nothing, and he's ashamed to be my father. But instead, what I chose to focus on is the fact that his rejection like instilled in me this intense desire and relentlessness and absolute determination to prove to myself that I was worth so much more than he was telling I telling me I was. So uh-huh. it's what are you focusing on? Change what you focus on. Are you focusing on what's missing in your life or what you don't have? Or are you focusing on what you have and what your strengths are? Are you Focusing on the past, because if you're living in the past, that's not going to get you anywhere. True. Be present. Are you focusing on what you have no control over, or are you focusing on what you have all the control over? Which, to be honest, we all have total control over our own experience of life. It's how we look at it. Are you thinking about what's missing or what you have? Like, truly, that will change your entire experience of life. And So I look upon my father's rejection as a gift. Now, if I looked upon it as the greatest, most painful, horrible thing that's ever happened to me and it's destroyed me, then I would not be doing the things I'm doing today. But think about any horrible thing that has got you down or has, in your opinion, ruined your life. And instead think about, is there a gift in this? 
Did it bring you something that you never would have had had you not been through that? And if you can just change the meaning, so you're changing what you focus on, change the meaning of things that have happened to you, and then change what you do about it. You know, we can decide to just, you know, have it destroy us, or we can decide to get out there and use what we know now, use this strength that we found, use this better understanding of all the abundance in our lives, and make life great. Like it is a decision and it's a decision that can be made right now. Your focus, what you focus on, the meaning you give things and what you do about it, period. And it's actually so much more simple than we think. I love that. I love that. And I I love this thought that you are in control of your life and your life is not controlling you. You are the author of your story. You aren't a mere character in somebody else's play. And I have this experience that I want to share before break. And then when we come back from break, I want to hear Siri about after the race, what happened afterwards, because there's so much I think um, that could correspond with life with that. But I have this experience recently. I was actually in LA. Um, it was when I was attending that that the t- same Tony Robbins event that you were at, and um, I decided to go running one morning. And I was there with my friend, and we were running through the city. And here we are. We're leaping on these um, you know structures outside of these office buildings. And I think it was a Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday morning. And we're leaping off of these curbs, and we're running up the steps of the beautiful LA Library. And I had this feeling of like, wow, I'm just on top of the world. The world's my playground, and I'm having so much fun. And then I started looking and noticing the people around me. And their heads were down, and they were dressed in dark colors, and they were rushing to get to the office and rushing to get to work. And I started noticing the expression on everybody's face. And for the most part, there were no smiles. It was the stressed expression. I even passed one building, and outside the building is this bronze statue, literally a bronze statue of a guy with a briefcase, like, hitting his head against the wall. (laughs) And I thought, in that moment, Siri, I thought, this is the difference between being the master of your destiny and being on top of the world and and owning your story and having the world own you. This is the difference between you owning the world or the world owning you. And um, and I just, in that moment, there was such a discrepancy between that. And I, I thought I made a decision in that moment. I'm going to be that person that the world is my playground. I'm going to be that person that's running through the streets, that's enjoying every moment of life and making the most of it. And I know there's still going to be hard things that I do. And I know that there's going to be work. But guess what? I'm going to be the one who decides my destiny and not have that determined for me. When we get back from break, Siri... I want to hear more from you about um, what happened after the race, because I know a lot of the times we work towards something and, and then uh, we, we achieve it. And it's like, now what? So I want to get to the now what when we come back. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success... 
tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune into Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. If you're just joining us, we have Siri Lindley Lindley with us. She is a world-class triathlete. She's a world-renowned speaker. She uh, appears regularly with uh, Tony Robbins on his stages and other stages throughout the world. Uh, She's an inspiration. And we wanted to talk more with her about what she's doing. Um, She has a great nonprofit as well, and I want to get into that. But really quickly, I have to have my own glory moment here. Um, Before we get into all of that, I was telling Siri on break, that I actually played basketball in junior high and high school and um, and uh, a little bit in college but I I I was so bad at basketball trying out in ninth grade that you know my mom didn't even want to invest in basketball shoes for me not that she didn't believe in me she was my biggest fan but that's how bad I was she's like let's let's just see if you make it I remember the surprise on her face when I actually came home and said I made the team I think my freshman year our team won zero games my sophomore year I played on uh, I played on the sophomore team in our high school but I worked really really hard and I was slowly getting better by the time my junior year rolled around I remember my coach came to me and he said Allison you're the hardest worker on this team he said right now we have a sophomore team and we have a varsity team but he's like you have two choices he's like I'm willing to restructure the program and I'll create a JV team which you can start the JV team or you can you can join the varsity team and you can you can be a bench warmer basically on this varsity team and I I said you know what I want to start so they restructured the entire program I started which was a really good choice because I remember that junior year of uh, high school I think our JV team we won about 50% of our games and varsity won zero of their games so um, at least I got the experience of starting and then my senior year I ended up uh, starting I wish there was some kind of glory story like we won the state championships or something like that we didn't I think we you know we didn't even have a winning record but 
for me, you know, at 5'10 and 120 pounds, play, you know, starting center playing against some of these girls that were 6'2 or 6'3, that was like my my dream come true. And and I just wanted to um, I just wanted to say this because I think hard work goes a long way. And um, if you're willing to work hard, not only will you get better, but I think also the people around you recognize that um, they appreciate that in you, and and they will learn to love you. And one more really funny story, just really quickly about this. What was so funny is my basketball coach was also the track coach. And he said to me, my junior year, he said, Allison, you've got to play track. You are the fastest girl on the team. You know, we'd run ladders and things, and I'd always be the first one to finish. And I remember lining up for my first 100-meter dash on the track and thinking, I'm going to blow everybody away. And I remember the gun sounded. I ran as fast as I could. My eyes were kind of closed, and I opened my eyes, and I'm about halfway down the track, and everybody else is finished. And I'm like, what? what and my coach said, why aren't you trying? Why are you running fast? And I said, I was. I was running as fast as I could. And um, and so I ended up doing high jump or something. My 10-year reunion, and some of the girls on my basketball team come up to me at my 10-year high school reunion and say to me, uh, Allison, we always we always hated you because you were the only one actually trying in the drills, and none of us were really trying. That's why you always finished first. So it wasn't that I was fast; I was actually the only one trying. But anyway, just some uh, oh, funny, oh my funny, funny, funny little. I cool, love it. Cool, that's such a glory story, though, Allison. <laughs> I think it's a glory story because yes. isn't it about us just being the best that we can be? The yeah. best, that, like. Like being the best you that you can be yeah. every single day yeah. is what matters most for all yeah. of us. And so the glory story is that you were out there busting your butt. You were trying hard. Yeah. You're like nobody thought you would make the basketball team, but you did. And you end up starting for the JV team. Like this yeah. is all what it's about. It's not about being first, second, or even third. It's about being the best you that you yeah. can be every single day. And I love that. Yeah. I love it. Well, and then thank you. When I, I seriously, when I look back at my high school years, that's one of my fondest memories, and I think I learned more from working hard and being on that basketball team than anything else. So, really thankful for that. So, Siri, I okay. want to get back to your story. So, being you know, for me, starting uh, my basketball, uh, my senior year of basketball with a losing record, which was my you know my my glory athlete thing too. You being a world uh, champion triathlete <laughs> and, and actually winning the world championships. What happened? after you won you'd spent years training and working towards things and and then you win what now what what happened what were the experiences and the emotions that you went through and and what did you decide to do with with that um well first of all i don't find myself any more special than you so your story is amazing and i'm totally inspired by you but on Thank the you. day i won the world championship like it was the great greatest moment in my life, not because I became the best in the world, but because on that day I gave myself the ultimate gift. And yeah. that was finally feeling a love an appreciation and a respect for myself, which mm -hmm. I had been craving for a lifetime. Yeah. And so I was ready to retire on that day. Um, but this was a very important moment because I thought to myself, you know, we all are our own biggest critics, our own biggest judges. Mm -hmm. And I thought if I retire now, three months down the line, I'm probably going to be saying to myself, hmm, I think I just got lucky. Maybe it was a fluke. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would start questioning. And 
I knew that I needed to back myself. I knew, and we all need to do this. When we achieve that ultimate goal, we can't suddenly say, oh my God, that's the best it's ever going to be and suddenly go back into your comfort zone and be safe. Right. Like it's that moment where you need to trust that that is just the beginning of you being introduced to your greatness, your strength, your power, your Mm -hmm. life. And Mm -hmm. so it's backing yourself. So I decided to put together one more year. My body was falling apart. I mean, that kind of training, like it was bound to have a a negative effect on, on my bones and muscles and everything. But I put together one more year and I was able to retire at number one in the world. And the most important thing is that I proved to myself that it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't lucky that I'd worked my butt off and I had earned the right to be out there winning races and, Mm -hmm. and owning that number one in the world ranking. But I was so ready to now give back. I wanted to start coaching. I wanted to share everything that I had learned from all my failures, all my disappointments, everything. I wanted to share it with athletes that had the same kind of dream that I had. Well, and I love that, you know, something that Tony said at that last event that we were at that really, really struck me. And he talked about professional athletes. I know I've worked with um, and trained with professional athletes. You've worked with and trained with professional athletes. Um, I've worked with um, people who are quite successful in their industry is that there are two components to success and one is achievement and one is fulfillment. And if you have achievement without fulfillment, then you'll find yourself um, in depression. And if you have fulfillment without achievement, you find yourself broke. So you've got to make sure that you have both of those, right? And so I love what you did was you said, okay, well, I have this achievement. I've done this now. What am I going to do? What's going to fulfill my soul? So talk talk to me a little bit about you are now traveling around inspiring people. And I remember talking with you at this event you're one of the best speakers that I've ever heard. And remember, I run a speakers coalition. I work with speakers all the time. This is not something where, you know, I've seen a few people before and I'm saying, oh, you're really good. I'm like, you're one of the, the best speakers that I've ever heard in my life. And, and you, oh I, I mean, you probably did, you weren't even aspiring to be a speaker, but how did you get into speaking? And then also, I would love for you to, um, to, and we've only got about three minutes, so it's going to have to be kind of quick here. But I would also like for you to, you to tell people about your passion project that you're doing with animals right now. So, first of all, how did you get into speaking? What inspired you to start speaking um, and and helping people to really learn to be their most authentic selves and tell your story? So it all started. I got approached by. Tony Robbins' team saying they wanted me on his podcast. And I thought, oh, you must be looking Mm -hmm. for, you know, I coach world champions and Olympic medalists. I'm like, which athlete are you looking for? And they said, no, we want you on the show. And I'm like, me? Oh, my God. So I do this podcast. This guy, I mean, Tony saved my life. Let me, I'm going to pause you just real quick right there because there's so many people that would be like, I would die to be on Tony Robbins' podcast. Like, what, what was it that you did? Was it that that you were a world-class athlete? Is that why they said, hey, we want you on the podcast? And I had coached athletes to nine world championship crowns, two Olympic medals. So I had achieved success as an athlete Mm -hmm. and as a coach. Um, But, but yeah, that's a great question because I wondered, why are they choosing me? And But I was thrilled, and it has ended up being his most downloaded episode in the history of his podcast. So... In that moment, I guess, like, at first, I'm like, why 
they must not want me. They want one of my athletes. But when I realized they did want to talk to me and that it was received so beautifully, I thought, my God, I have a story that can make a difference. I have a story that can have an impact. And on that podcast, I was just me. I was real. I was vulnerable. I talked about my struggles. I talked about just my life and I didn't hide anything. And I realized in that moment that there is so much that I can give through just being vulnerable, being authentic and being me that can touch lives and make a difference and hopefully free people from the things that hold them back, free them from their self-doubt, their fears, their anxiety. And um, so I never thought I would be a speaker of any sort, um, but I have to say it's, it's a calling. I know now that when I step on the stage and God knows how I'm not terrified in front of 15,000 people, but <laughs> what that tells me is that this is what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. And um, if I can touch even one life, that fills my heart with so much joy mm-hmm. and so much gratitude. Um, and it's, it's been the greatest privilege, joy. I'm humbled to be able to do this. It fills my heart with joy, mostly just to hear from people after the fact that say that something I said made a real difference yeah. in their lives. And I couldn't ask for anything more. That's fulfillment. That, well, that is everything I could ever dream of. And you made a definite difference in my life and we've got about one minute to close but you you and your wife are doing something really important with animals could you tell uh could you tell us where we can go to help support that and if you've listened to the show today if series inspired you please go and check out this foundation uh it's making a huge difference in the world Uh, could you tell what is that and where can people go to donate or support that Please, that would be amazing. Believe Ranch and Rescue. Um, we have a website, believeranchandrescue.org. We are a nonprofit horse rescue, rescuing horses, our American healers, from slaughter. It's a brutal, brutal road that they're all on. 100,000 a year get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Um, we are saving their lives and, in turn, uh, bringing them back to them being able to heal humans from addiction, anxiety, fear, PTSD, helping kids with autism. Please support us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and our website, BelieveRanchAndRescue.org. We could use any and all support. So thank you so much, Allison. And thank you so much for being here, Siri. You are such an inspiration. I feel so humbled and grateful that you would come on the show. And for all of you who have invested your time to listen to this show, my call to you is to act on something that you heard today, whether that be changing your story, whether it be pushing your comfort zone, whether what, whatever that is, there's two ways we can learn. We can learn from counsel or consequence. You've just listened from somebody who is a world-class athlete, who is authentically herself, who's inspiring lives all over the world and has surely touched mine. Please act on something that you've heard today, better your life, and then join us again next week on Spotlight, where you hear from more people who've transformed their lives and are now working to transform the lives of other people. I'm Allison H. Larson. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.